Let's open our Bibles today to Psalm 77. Psalm 77. Thank you for joining in, connecting with us here at Watkinsville this weekend or maybe during the week. I'm excited to be able to continue our summer series called Songs of Summer. And we began last week with Psalm 76, picking up today with Psalm 77. I try to imagine a lot of times uh, where you are uh, and, uh, and thinking about maybe some of you are driving down the road listening, maybe some of you are on this Memorial Day weekend in a boat or at, at, sitting on the back porch or a deck or maybe just in your den. And um, thank you for being a part of of what we're doing here and studying through Psalms. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, one of the things that you um, may notice is that you can tell that I'm in a different setting today. And I'm standing today with Psalm 77 in our chapel here on property at Watkinsville. And when we think so much this weekend about remembering, it is causing me to remember a lot of things in the life of our church. Uh, our church is um, 140 years old, 50 of those years. Uh, this chapel has been here and a part of our worship experience. And uh, so it's, it's good uh, to be in this room. There are a lot of different reasons for that on this particular uh, weekend. I won't go into right now, but uh, it's uh, encouraging to my heart to stand in this room and teach God's word. It's actually a chapter in Psalm 77 that calls for us to remember some things. And, and that'll come out as we go through this, uh, through this chapter. You know, I, I love being a parent for a lot of different ways, a lot of different reasons. Uh, one of those reasons that I love being a parent is that you get to buy toys uh, for your kids that are really kind of for you. I, I'm imagining that some of you surely have done that before. And I'm not talking about toys that we wanted when we were kids and, and, our, and our parents just never uh, gave them to us. So, we're, you know, you get into this thing like, I'll show them, I'll get one for my kid. They wouldn't. No, I'm talking about new toys, toys that have come along where you look at it and you see it and you think, where was that when I was a kid? Uh, one of those that we got for uh, one of our guys growing up was the old uh, the electric razor scooter. I don't know if you had one of those, but I remember thinking uh, Connor needed one of those. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm going to ride that when he's not around. But my favorite all-time toy for kids that really was more what I wanted maybe than they even knew they wanted was this, night vision goggles. Night vision goggles. That, they were just, it was fascinating to me. I think somewhere along the way, there was this intrigue in my mind or thinking that I wish there was some way you could see in the dark. Like you could see what was going on around you even though it was dark. Like why didn't... God make us where if we've got two eyes, is there not some way like one? Could we, why can't we see in the dark? Well, these night vision goggles come along and I'm thinking we got to have a pair of those. 
And there's no doubt that when the kids weren't around, I tried them out a few times. It's just fascinating and intriguing to me when I think about that. Well, Psalm 77, I actually want to call the message night vision. Because what we learn from Psalm 77 is that there are some things that we can see in the dark that we cannot see in broad daylight. There's some things that are revealed to us about who God is and what God's doing in the dark. We just don't see in the daylight. And Psalm 77 unpacks that for us. Maybe you could describe your own life right now as a life that's walking through a time of darkness. And you're wondering, what is God doing? What am I going to do? How will I ever make it? Why am I here? Where is God? Psalm 77 is the psalm we need for that. Look in Psalm 77 and begin reading in verse 1. I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? Has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. You, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. When the waters saw you, O oh God, when the waters saw you, they were afraid. Indeed, the deep trembled. The clouds poured out water. The skies gave forth thunder. Your arrows flashed on every side. The crash of your thunder was in the whirlwind. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Your way was through the sea. Your path through the great waters, yet your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Psalm 77 is a psalm that begins in a mood. 
It's a song, and like so many songs, songs capture moods. They capture emotions. It was written to the choir master by a songwriter named Asaph. We don't know exactly what the surrounding circumstances were in this particular time, but we do see that the writer of this song was capturing a mood. In our English language, I would say he captures all the Ds. I don't know how, why it works out this way, but there's so many Ds, D words that describe the mood of the first few verses of Psalm 77. I'm talking about words like dark, uh, desperate, difficult, distress, death, disease, depression, disappointment. Maybe you can think of a few more D words. That's where we are when we come to Psalm 77. The technical word for Psalm 77 is that it is a lament. Many times when we come to worship, we're thinking celebration. And when actually our mood is one of lament, it's dark. Psalm 77 starts there in the dark, but I want you to hear this. Listen, stay with me. Already you may say, that's where I am, Pastor. That's exactly where I am. Not just one of those D words, two or three of those D words. But what I want you to see is this, that by the end of this chapter, God will reveal some things about who he is, that the only way we would see it is for us to be in a time of darkness. The, the darkest days often develop the most highly defined pictures of who God is. And maybe just in this moment, just a, a, a quick breath of hope would be is that you would know God's up to something. God's gonna show himself. When we read through Psalm 77, there were three words that I did not read that are on the written Page. They really aren't words meant for us to read. They're words meant for us to know how to read Psalm 77. Words meant in all likelihood to know how to have sung Psalm 77. Three times you find out in the margin or around this psalm the word selah. It's a word meant to describe rest, pause, take a breath. And in the singing of this psalm or the reading of this psalm, it was a reminder that when you come to the end of those words, take a breath, think, pause, process, let it settle in, transition to something else. And that's really what divides the psalm for us this morning as I talk through it. And the very first Stanza, the very, or the very first section before the first rest, verses one through three, and I would call it a desperate cry. It's a desperate cry. And the psalmist, the writer of this song, he, he states in, in honesty, in rawness, a desperate cry. I think about these songs of summer, how 
Uh, these songs of summer weren't, they were not written for the radio. Uh, they, they're not brief songs often, and they're not happy songs often, and they're not happily ever after songs often. This is a song that starts with rawness, reality, a mood, and it's dark. It's a desperate cry. It's, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God. You know what prayers we cry aloud? The prayers that we cry aloud are, are prayers that just erupt from us, almost uncontrollable. It just, it comes out. We find ourselves with hands lifted to the heaven, fists clenched, maybe pounding on the dashboard or hitting on the counter or laying our head on a table or putting our face in our hands. And there is this lamenting cry aloud to God. Listen to this phrase, my soul refuses to be comforted. I meditate and my spirit faints. This is a description of what some have called the dark night of the soul. And he is giving to us a voice. He's given to us words. He's given to us a prayer. He's describing where perhaps you are today. This desperate cry uh, is a cry that seems to describe something that came on him suddenly, like darkness does sometimes. It's like us, maybe we're standing outside in the broad daylight, you had this experience, you you're out in the bright daylight. The sun's never been brighter. You've gotten used to the brightness of the day. But you walk into a room and no lights are on and it's like blinding darkness. And, 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 and it's like the darkest it's ever been because it just all of a sudden the, the light went away and the darkness hit you in your face. And that's kind of what's described here. It's like in this instant of darkness he remembers God and and his first thoughts of God is he can't see him his first thoughts of God is that he's just like, like God what are you doing where are you I, I don't know what you're up to I, it makes me hurt to think that I thought you were sovereign but this is happening in my life and it just makes me want to give up I was in a conversation with one of my kids in recent days and with tears in their eyes, they were just grappling with a lot of grief. The, the loss of a grandfather suddenly a few months back and now the pending loss of another grandfather. And, and they're like, Dad, what is God doing? I just, it's just happening so fast. And I could hear my child say, I, I don't know what God's up to. There's this desperate cry. But there's this pause, Selah. I remember just trying to figure out some way to answer my kid and their desperation as they dealt with grief. And all I could do was just sit there and just wait and listen. And that's where this Selah comes in. At the end of verse three, it's like, okay, 
That's where your heart is. Take a breath. Rest just a minute. And then pick up with verse four and we have a diligent search. It's right out of scripture, a diligent search. Verse four, you hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled, I cannot speak. You been there? We don't know what to say. We don't know how to put it into words. That's the beauty of Psalms. So many times people say, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to do. God has given to us 150 songs in his word and, and they're, they're medicine for our soul and he puts into words for us words when we cannot speak. He says, you hold my eyelids open. I'm so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. That word meditate in my heart, that's this picture of remembering. It's musing. It's thinking back. It's contemplating. It's weighing things. It's like we would say, trying to make sense of it all. He says, let me meditate in my heart. And then listen to this phrase. Then my spirit made a diligent search. And what happens in this diligent search are questions. He asked God questions, hard questions. They're the questions that often roll around in our heart in times of despair or discouragement or disappointment or defeat, facing death. They're the questions that roll around that sometimes we might even be embarrassed that they're in there. Even wondering, can I ask that question? Let me just quickly remind you that King David and King Jesus both ask questions. You may have heard somebody say before, don't ask God why. Not true. God can handle it. He can handle those flashes of doubt. He can handle those flashes of where there's a lack of assurance. He can handle those moments where we question him. John the Baptist questioned Jesus, are you really the one? Jesus himself said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here the psalmist says, listen to these questions. That's what we do in a, a diligent search of who God is. Will the Lord spurn forever? Will he never be favorable again? Verse 8, has his steadfast love forever ceased? Are his promises at an end? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his compassion? There's something, there's something healing and helpful knowing that those questions are even on the page in God's word. And can I say to you, you can ask these questions. You know they're in your heart. God, have you stopped loving? Have you stopped making promises? Have you forgot how to be gracious? 
because I'm desperate here. Can you not be compassionate again? Because I'm hurting here. And he makes this diligent search. God, who are you? And where are you? And have you changed? And then Selah. Rest. Pause. Wait. Listen. Watch. Selah. And it moves to the third scene. Verse 10. Then I said, I will appeal to this. It's as if in his spirit, the spirit of God has, has answered his doubts. He's, then I said, I will appear to this. He has shown him what to do. And the third scene I would call a decisive appeal. There is this desperate cry. There is this diligent search. And then coming out of this diligent search is this decisive appeal. He makes a choice. He makes a decision. He finds some guidance. And in that, that phrase, then I said, it has this sense of snap out of it. You know what God is saying. He says, then I said, I will appeal to this. When a, when a lawyer makes an appeal, he's hoping for a different outcome. And that's what the, the psalmist does here. He says, I'm going to appeal what my soul has, a, has decided. My soul thought that God doesn't make promises anymore. My soul thought that in my darkness that he had forgotten. I want a different verdict. I, I, I will appeal to this. What does he appeal to? He appeals to the years of the right hand of the Most High. He goes back to the past and he begins to learn from the past. He looks back to the past. He looks back to the Exodus. He looks back to what God had done in the life of Jacob. He looked back to what God had done in the life of Joseph. He looked back to what God had done in bringing them out of Egypt. He looked back to what God had done in the crossing of the Red Sea. He says in verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. And then you know what happens? The pronouns change. And oftentimes that's what has to happen in our times of darkness. The pronouns have to change. Do you know that in the first six verses of Psalm 77, 
18 times the pronouns I or me are used. The first six verses, 18 times I or me. But in the last eight verses of Psalm 77, 21 references are made to God. It says here in verse 13, your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works. You see these references, your way and God, you, God, you with your arm. Verse 15, you with your arm redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. And his, his, his focus changes from I and me to you, to thee, to thou, to God. And he, and this happens as he remembers two things. He, it says he remembers and he ponders. Verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. Verse 12, I will ponder all your work. It's again this picture of meditation, of musing, of thinking, of evaluating, of observing of taking something that happened and rolling it around. And I can just see this psalmist thinking about, think about that water. When we were standing at the banks and the, and the sea was there and the army was behind us pursuing us and the world was closing in on us with, arm, with water in front of us and armies behind us. The enemy was tacking from behind. The wall of water was in front of us. And he ponders that and thinks about that. And, and Lord, the wind began to blow and the waters began to move and you began to peel back the sea and the, and the floor of the sea became our path through to the other side. And he's just pondering this and meditating on this and sees the grace of God, the mercy of God, the wonderful deeds of God. What do you do right now in your pondering and remembering, look back, think about what God has done in the past. Look back and learn. God is in the process of taking things that he's done in the past and he uses those markers to develop who he is for your present. And what happens is this fourth scene. He rests at the end of verse 15. And we begin to have what I would call finally divine revelation. Divine revelation. It begins to break through in verse 15. He says, you with your arm redeemed your people. Verse 16, when the water saw you, O God, when the water saw you, indeed, the deep trembled. And he walks through these things that God did in the, in the crashing of thunder and the lightning of the sky and the moving of the water. He says, you make a way through the sea. And then it's revealed to him in verse 20, you led your people like a flock. And he sees not only that God is a redeemer, but God also is the shepherd. When I read through these verses, I go back in time, 
remember some things. Many of you are too young to know this or maybe didn't have exposure to youth group life or youth choir. But um, back in the 70s, we learned to sing a song. You, you, I won't sing it, but you remember the words? I've seen it in the lightning. I've heard it in the thunder. I've felt it in the rain. My Lord is near me all the time. I've seen it in the lightning. I've heard it in the thunder. I felt it in the rain. My Lord is near me all the time. And that's what the psalmist is saying here. Lord, we saw you in the lightning. We heard you in the thunder. We felt it in the rain. You were with us. You led us. You redeemed us. For you and I right now, we, we don't have that exodus out of Egypt. We can read about it, what God did. You and I live in a different place. We have the great privilege of looking back to the cross. We have the great privilege of looking back to the death of Christ and then the resurrection of Christ. And where we stand today in our darkness, we can look back at the exodus and see according to God's word what he did, but we also have this great place of seeing what God did in making a way for us to have eternal life. He, he has revealed, I, I, as I look through these passages, I think of Christ in the garden making a desperate cry to God. I think of Christ rising from the dead and realize that he has redeemed us, that he's defeated death. I look back and I see the God's word speaking of the ascension of Christ and God revealing that he is the one who defeats the grave, he defeats death. Let me ask you in your darkness right now, would you take a breath? Would you pause? Would you ponder and remember? You see, what the psalmist learned about his past. What, what, what the psalmist, let me say that, what the psalmist remembered about his past. Helped him in his darkness of the present and made it possible for him to face the future with hope. And again and again and again in my own soul, I live Psalm 77. It's not a one-time journey. It's not a song that is a one-hit wonder. It is a song for us to sing again and again and again and again. It is a song for us. We, we walk through this over. And that just because the dark lifts today doesn't mean that we won't face some darkness a year from now or two years from now. 
But what Psalm 77 shows us is that in those times of darkness, when we appeal to who God is and what he's done, he shows us again who he is now. And he reveals something to us about who he is now. What's God showing you? Are you willing to wait on him to reveal who he is? Will you see him as your shepherd? I love that back there in Psalm 23, we know by heart, the Lord is my shepherd. And now, some 55 Psalms later, you know what we hear again? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. You led your people. Cling to that today. The Lord will lead you in the darkness. The dark days of life gives us the opportunity to see God in ways that we would never see him in the light. Some pictures can only be developed in the dark. Do you know that? Do you remember that? Digital photography, we've lost some of that. You remember the dark room? You remember the dark room and how people would take the negatives and mix it with things and the negatives would turn out to be brilliant pictures, but it could only happen in the dark. And some negatives in your life right now are being developed. God's going to shed the light and you're going to see him like you've never seen him before. And all those questions, you'll begin to see him as holy. You'll begin to see him as redeemer. You'll begin to see him with steadfast love and unending grace and as a promise keeper, and as a compassionate God, and as a mighty God, and just on and on and on and on. Don't give up in the dark, because God's developing for you who he is in you, and that will give you hope for the future. Let's pray together. Father, hear our desperate cry. Find us in our diligent search. We appeal to who you are and what you've done. And would you show us today who you are? I pray, Lord, we would wait on you long enough for you to show us who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.